And we are live here in J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. I am Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Matt Harrington and my partner in crime, Jackson Schroeder, right here. We are also on Facebook Live, so everyone tuning in. Again, this is J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. For the first segment, we're going to get things started off here with Matt with the NBA. And then Jackson and I will dive into the NFL uh, in the playoffs that is happening right now. But right now we are about halfway through in the NBA season. Matt, you and I talked about earlier last week that the New York Knicks are falling apart there. Uh, Man. Now Carmelo Anthony has come out and said that he is okay with the trade and possibly go to the Cavaliers. Right now the New York Knicks are 18-24, and 24 and they are 12 games out of first the first seed in the East. Uh, they are more than three games out of the playoffs as the eighth seed, barely making the playoffs. Looking at this, we talked about this too at home, Definitely. that Melo has been a disaster in the New York franchise and even in, in Denver has barely made the playoffs and doesn't go far in the playoffs. He wants his rings now. He's won enough gold medals for the USA team. Would you want him on your team if you're a Cavaliers or, or, or organization that is in the playoffs right now? Melo, I mean, if you have other star players around him, he's definitely a good role. He's a superstar role player. That's what I classify him as. You know, he can spot up. He can create his own isol isolations, one-on-ones. But he's not the guy that's going to lead you to a championship. He's not a Braun. He's not a... I guess you could say Steph now. Uh, he's not James Harden. Um, he's not going to be that guy. He needs the spotlight off of him completely, and he's going to thrive. That's that's the type of player Melo is. Now, Jackson, I know you're a big Cavaliers fan. If you're sitting at home, obviously we'll talk about last night's game against the Golden State Warriors a little bit later. Would you want him to be a part of your team? I know you guys just got a huge trade from Atlanta with Corver. You think he would fit in with LeBron? I know LeBron's been talking about this for a couple of years now and pl playing with Melo. I mean, they came in the league together. One and two draft picks back to back. You think he could fit in with you guys? See, this is a tricky thing that I've sort of been thinking about ever since I heard the possibility of uh, Carmelo coming to the Cavaliers. But see, I, I initially come to it with this standpoint, and that is why mess up a beautiful thing? I mean, I love that Corver trade. I, I love the having a three-point shooter outside, um, but it's 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 tough because. Since Corver has joined the Cavs, they've been one and three. I mean, that's not good. I know things will mellow out a little bit, no pun intended. But uh, um, I don't know. I, I just if he was to come in, if Carmelo Anthony was to come in, he would uh, maybe take an empty spot for J.R. Smith. I just, I, this is just a great team, and how we were playing earlier in the season compared to how we were playing as of now. It's I, not looking too good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just. I don't know how 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 much adding Carmelo would do to that. I guess you can look at it as you see the NBA is tilting the shift from having one good player or two good players in every team to what possibly could be the dynamic four on both East and West. You've got Golden State right now who's got the big four with KD joining the power three with um, you got Steph, yeah, Steph Curry, uh, Green down low, and then you have uh, Clay Thompson shooting threes outside. I think LeBron misses that. He had the big three down in Miami with Bosh and Wade joining along with him. They got too old and they didn't win the championship his last year, so he went back to Cleveland. Then they got Love, including Kyrie, who's been there the whole time. I think adding another dynamic player, I know Corver's going to be good. It's very early on. But I think having a mellow and another leadership as a, as a role model, and a guy that's old enough who's actually been and played in some tough games, um, could help them out big time. I guess we'll figure out and wait and see. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, 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 would, I would love to see that just because uh, – it would add a more a bigger storyline to the NBA. Obviously, the Big Four and Golden State. I guess we can talk about the game right now. Last night, 
the Golden State Warriors Woo. absolutely throttled the Cleveland Cavaliers, Woo. 126 to 91. Golden State, I mean, you got to be. Is that, is that 30, 35 points? 30, yeah, huge. I mean, it's the biggest loss from a, a team that won an NBA championship since I think it was 07 Miami Heat Woo. coming back after that. What is your take on this, Jackson? Uh, well, you know, this is rough. I turned it off. Like I turned it off after the first half because uh, there was no coming back. You could just see in the way everyone was playing. LeBron was getting th frustrated. He wasn't making smart plays. He was being selfish with the ball, taking threes that he shouldn't late in the game. And um, you could just see it, it was the momentum coming in. I mean, Cleveland had won four straight, and they added Korver. They came lack with a lackluster attitude coming into this game. Golden State was ready to prove themselves. They needed to get that one win to prove that they could do it, and boy, did they prove that they could do it. But um, Cleveland just came into this. I mean, LeBron started the game off by talking about how he doesn't even think that it's a rivalry. How are you going to come in with that chill attitude, LeBron, and then and then expect to like have all your players have your back and show up as it, as it is a big game, which it was. Absolutely. Are you gonna Are you gonna agree? Are you disagree with LeBron I'm, saying I'm it's a rivalry? Uh, I'm going to disagree with LeBron. Okay. It is a rivalry, um, and Draymond is letting it known that their rivalry is heating up. As you've seen some of their uh, Draymond's antics after that flagrant foul, um, LeBron needs to take it more seriously. I think he needs to assert. I want to see some dog out of him, <laughs> um, and it should be good games coming forward, especially uh, if we predict them to enter in the, in the finals together. I mean, in the retrospect of things, it's a regular season game. It literally means nothing because both teams... It means something. It means, oh, so it means it something. It means something right now. when these two teams play. But last year, the Cavs lost both those games in, in the uh, regular season against the Golden State Warriors going into the playoffs, and then they won the finals. Which, I mean, obviously, the finals... It meant all something the, even last year because that put that chip on their shoulder. A, a little <laughs> bit. I guess yeah, I agree with you on that. But last night, LeBron James had 20 points, but his plus minus, he was minus... 32. It's not good. That is the best player in the league going minus 32. Games. He got a little love tap by Draymond Green, <laughs> and he fell to the floor like a little baby. Little I'm baby. sorry. I'm not a LeBron fan at all. Never have been a LeBron fan after he left Cleveland um, back in 2010. But if you're going to say this is a man's game, you get bumped like that and then get off the ground at one mile per hour after a five-minute delay, you got to stuck. I mean, it, sack up, LeBron. I'm sorry. Uh, There's a point in where he was trying to sell that. I mean, I get it. He's trying to sell the foul and trying to make it seem worse than what it is. But come on, bro. Like, <laughs> you can't be just falling to the ground. And Did just... you see he came out after that, and uh, when they, people asked him if he, he if he was hurt after that play, he, was like, he I'm said, a I'm a football player. <laughs> I'm a football player. <laughs> football player. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Last time he took a snap was freshman year at St. Vincent St. Mary uh, back in high school. So if you look at the standings right now, the L.A. Clippers in the, are the four seed out west. They have an injury bug right now with Chris Paul. He's going to be out a couple weeks now. Uh, they are seven games back. They're 29 and 14, seven games back from Golden State, who is in the first place now. They've won four straight, eight and two in the last ten. Are the Clippers going to fall off a little bit here and possibly drop to the five or yeah. six seed with that? There's going to be some drop down. Chris Paul is definitely one of the top three point guards in the league. He's a true point guard as well. He's not a scoring point guard like Kyrie or a do-it-all point guard like Russ. Um, He's a true point guard. He's going to get his teammates involved, and that is going to dip down. I mean, you have Raymond Felton coming in as the backup, and unless we see something maybe like his North Carolina days, I don't know. Um, I think there's definitely going to be a drop down, which goes to the question. Is, is Chris Paul the like, unluckiest person, unluckiest player in the league ever? 
<laughs> I don't think he's the most unluckiest player ever. He's supposed to be out six to eight weeks with a. He's got. He's getting thumb surgery. Excuse me. Um, That's a big setback. It's a huge setback. I mean, he was talking about coming into last year and this year, saying this is the year they need to win. Exactly. They have all the the players there. They got mm-hmm. Doc still there helping them coach. They definitely need to to stay. I mean, the, the injury bugs have hurt everybody. Every single time, uh, it seems to hit a, a hot team at the wrong time. This is what happened to the Clippers right now. I'm looking at this as. Hopefully he comes back for the playoffs healthy, and then they can move Hopefully, from there. You know. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. You look at you look at the West Conference right now. The top seven are going to be lost. Thunder and up. The Blazers are still seven games under 500. I mean, the Clippers have to lose almost every single game the next two months to not make the playoffs. They're not going to have Blake Griffin with them for a while. And and without here's an interesting stat: without Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, they're three and nine overall. But that's not that's not good numbers. <laughs> There's not but good numbers. Again, they're going to make the playoffs. Let me ask you guys both this question. If they get them both back and healthy for the playoffs, do you see Houston being able to stop them if they end up matching up together? That's Definitely. a three and four. I see the Clippers being out of whack. Um, they, don't, they won't have that chemistry on the floor like you know they displayed this past year. Um, and it's, it's going to take a while to get that chemistry and conditioning back. So I definitely see Houston having a chance to knock them off. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, even if they do have him back, uh, in time for like a late playoff push, um, they're just not a well-oiled machine at that point. They're playing with backups the whole the whole season. And how are you going to bring in even if they are superstar players? How are you going to bring them in and expect them to gel like they were earlier in the season after months and months of practice? I tell you what, though, uh, the backups they'll enjoy this playing time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to get your back. You got to have a good bench. You saw that two years ago when Golden State won the whole thing. They had a solid bench. Last year, they had a solid bench against the Cavs, but LeBron was just too amped up, and Kyrie Irving helped out big time. Uh, but I'm looking at, at the West. Is that they're very dominant. The Clippers, I think, could possibly beat Houston if they were going head-to-head. Obviously, it would be a long way away from now. Houston tonight, though, getting absolutely – they got beat, excuse me, by the Miami Heat by six points. Miami Heat right now Heat. are yeah, 11 baby. and 30. I know that's your <laughs> oh, team. Yeah, What's going on with them? I know they lost I know they lost LeBron. Hey, they lost Wade. We have a lot of production to replace, especially in D-Wade. It was going to be – our all-time, you know, the best player that we've ever had, um, besides Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, he's going, he's way up there. Um, that's a lot, lot of production lost. So with that being said, we're in rebuilding mode right now. We're waiting on this year's uh, draft class, which is looks pretty good to me. So what I've seen so far in college basketball. You so, Mark Loving. Um, <laughs> Mark Loving. Yeah, oh, Mark I'm not going to get started on him. But there is this one young guy, uh, Malik Monk. I like him. Or Lonzo Ball. I really like him. Miami, you better get him. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to send you some hateful tweets. Don't do that. <laughs> so looking at your coaching, though, with Eric Spolstra, I mean, obviously he came in as a young coach, uh, watched film, pretty much got his way up to the head coaching job, took Spoh's over. the man. You love him. I love Spo. Keep Spolstra? Keep him. Keep him there. Keep him in Miami? Keep him there. Anything else you want to add about the NBA before Jackson and I take over about the NFL? Um, interesting fact: Blake Griffin is remaking the movie White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> oh, excuse me, plural: White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> White Man Can't Jump. So, uh, will be this will be interesting to see. Um, along with those other rumors that he's making a Space Jam movie as well, Space Jam Two. So LeBron's not gonna be Space Jam. Space Jam I, I have no clue. So Chris Paul's injured and Blake Griffin's making movies. He's doing whatever he wants out there in L.A. <laughs> is, Woody Har- is Woody Harrelson going to be able to dunk again at the age of like 55? Probably so. Woody Harrelson's the man. He is he, the man. You know, he's one of my favorite actors. Yep. You know, he's a do-it-all guy. He's well, then, very versatile. Well, thank you, Matt, again, for coming on a J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. He is our NBA insider for this week.
Uh, hopefully we have him on for next week. Uh, oh, I'll be here. Your mom watching right now I'll or no? Here. She's not, but I'll be here. You'll I'll be I'll here. Reminder. We're on Facebook Live you right now. Watch. Again, check it out. You guys watch. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for coming on. Jackson and Jackson Schroeder and I are going to hop on into the NFL moving forward now. There you go. You can dab. There it is. <laughs> Congratulations to your Atlanta Falcons. Well, thank you. First off, I told you they're going to win this ball game. I think their offense was too strong. I believe uh, Seattle's dynasty is now over. They won this past uh, weekend, thirty-six to twenty. Matt Ryan lightning lighting it up all the way. Defense holding him strong. Uh, the problem though is Julio Jones. Is he going to be healthy for this weekend's game? Yeah, Julio Jones will be good. Uh, they asked Dan Quinn, um, Falcons head coach. For those who don't know. They asked him what his opinion on how Julio would be, and he said that he'll be ready to rock, and that's a quote. So uh, I think I think we'll be doing well with Julio Jones in the game there. Now, this is the last game in the Superdome before you guys move next door to the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome. The Georgia Dome. The Georgia Dome, sorry. This, yeah, the Georgia Dome now moving next door to the Mercedes-Benz yeah. Dome. Uh, you're going to be taking host against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, that game was the best game we've seen all playoffs. Zeke Elliott had a great game uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, hands down, uh, showed why he deserves to be the starter there in Dallas moving forward. Three field goals that were tying your go-ahead field goals under two-minute warning in that final game. Green Bay ended up pulling it off with the Mason Crosby. Huge field goal late uh, as time expired. Do you think you could stop the Packer and Aaron Rodgers this upcoming weekend? Well, it's tricky. I mean, I didn't think that the Falcons would match well with uh, uh, with the Seahawks last week because of the Seahawks defense. I thought they could ma they could overmatch the Falcons offense. But I think maybe I'm underestimating that Falcons offense, and more importantly, underestimating that Falcons defense because everyone raves about the Falcons offense, and maybe the defense number defensive numbers aren't there. But as of late, they have been there. The only place that they've been struggling is in the red zone. Um, but other than that, the turnover ratios have been great for Atlanta late in this season. Uh, they're, they're on a roll, too. I mean, the Packers are obviously hot, and there's a history behind them, and I think they have the confidence. But if the if the Falcons can jump out early, maybe with a touchdown, maybe a, touchdown, a couple touchdowns, a touchdown, and a field goal to get going, um, then the momentum's going to be on their side. And Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, they know that they've got the guys to get this done and get to the Super Bowl and before this season even started, they were predicted to win maybe like four games. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to look at this, though, looking at the Green Bay Packers. Did you watch that game against the, the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, of course. What was your take on the last couple minutes there? Obviously, that, that I know it wasn't a counter as a Hail Mary from Aaron Rodgers to Cook going to the sideline, but it ended up being a Hail Mary of its own, setting him up for that final kick. Were you pleased or impressed with Dak Prescott's play in a stage just like this? The, obviously, they didn't play the opening round because they had the buys the number one seed. I guess you could say, is Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers the most deadly team right now to be scared of if you're playing it? Obviously, you're playing them right now, being a Atlanta Falcon fan, but if you're anyone else, say the Patriots or the Steelers moving forward, are they the hottest team in the playoffs? I think they're the hottest team in the playoffs. I don't think that they're the best. Okay. I think that they're, talent-wise, I think they're the worst out of these four teams in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, they're hot, and Aaron Rodgers can get the job done week in and week out. And he has a mentality about him that he he doesn't care who he's playing. He he could be playing Tom Brady. He could be playing um, Big Ben. He doesn't care. I mean, he he doesn't 
He's just a great guy who comes and gets the job done week after week. And when the Packers are hot, the Packers are hot, you yeah. know. Everyone was sort of predicting them to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are young. I was actually surprised that the Cowboys stuck with it that late and had that late 18-point fourth-quarter comeback there yeah. to get them back in the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're the scariest team right now. I think that I, I would rather play, especially the Steelers. I don't know if I'd want to play the Patriots, but – I. The last team I'd want to play is the Packers right now. Uh, we'll talk about last week's game before we talk about the predictions for this upcoming weekend for the conference championships. The Patriots took hold of the Houston Texans in Foxborough, absolutely destroyed the Texans and Brock Osweiler. Some final stats here. Uh, Brock Osweiler had a horrible game, went 23-40 of 40 for only 198 passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, was sacked three times. Tom Brady, though, did not all, he didn't have the greatest game either. He also threw for two interceptions. Had two touchdowns, though, 287 passing yards. Um, huge game, though, from Julian Edelman. Absolutely. He had eight receptions, 137 yards. His long was a huge touchdown or a huge, huge breakaway um, that he had. Um, the Patriots are scary. They're staying at home this weekend, playing the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, which we'll talk about next. Uh, you think Pittsburgh is going to win this game at home? Oh, I don't think so. I think that the Patriots will win this game. Oh yeah, I think New England will win this game at home. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think that they've got too many weapons. Tom Brady needs to be careful, though. He, 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 I don't know. Maybe he's got gotten too cocky. But those two interceptions in that game doubled his regular season interceptions. He only had two interceptions his regular season to 28 touchdowns. I don't know if they're if the Patriots come in this game and uh, just sort of brush it off, then they could get beat. I mean. It's definitely not out of the picture when they when they played the Steelers. Did they play the Steelers earlier? Oh, yeah, Steelers. yeah, yeah. They uh, were against a weak Steelers team with um, and Big Ben was out, I believe. I think you might be right. They they beat the Steelers 27-16. Uh, this was in Pittsburgh, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Steelers game right now. Uh, the Steelers beat the Chiefs 18 to 16. No touchdowns for the Steelers. All field goals, six of them. Um, my question is moving forward here, the defense for the Chiefs we knew coming in this game was going to be outstanding. Their bend, don't break mentality. They're going to give up a lot of yards. Uh, they'll allow you in the red zone, but they do not allow you to cross that end zone line. It showed reasons why. This was the first time ever in an NFL playoff game a team has won not scoring a touchdown and getting outscored by two touchdowns. Uh, that, that is the Chiefs losing to the Steelers. And then after the game, a little uh, craziness that happened in the locker room with um, Antonio Brown. Facebook living as we are right now. Uh, he ended up watching, or excuse me, pretty much had like an 18-minute video of himself behind all the lockers. Had a couple teammates come on while uh, Coach Tomlin and Big Ben were talking. Um, Big Ben came out and said pretty much that he wished that he was listening to. I don't know. What's what's your take on this? Well, my my take initially on this issue was I don't even know why it was a storyline. I think it was dumb that. Antonio Brown did this I mean yeah but he's hyped up after a game and he's a I don't know he's like a young athlete who likes to have fun I mean that's sort of how I took it and and to, for people to find offense to Mike Tomlin's comments those people are living in a box or something I mean you you really think that your football coaches after and before a game when you're when he's pumping up his players doesn't swear I mean no I mean you gotta look at Mike Tomlin the guy, I mean, that guy, he didn't say anything that bad, even. Like, I've heard way worse from my high school 
coaches, right? Do you think out of any coach, I mean, I look at Mike Tomlin, he, he's a guy that you would think that would get in someone's face, like a player's face if they didn't do their job right, and would definitely let the player know and have it if he doesn't do his job right correctly. Um, I've seen him get all happy too and say, let's like drop the F-bomb, who cares? I mean, he's getting the job done, let him have it. Seattle's got a huge win in Kansas City. That's a road playoff game at primetime. That game got moved from one o'clock to eight o'clock. Get him mentally prepared for that one. Uh, KC, they get up for their games. I mean, they call it Arrowhead Stadium. It gets super loud when the loudest ones in the NFL, if not the loudest one. Seals went in there. They got the job done. Not much offensive productive other than Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown had six receptions for 108 yards, and Le'Veon Bell had 30 rushes for 170 yards rushing. Uh, he also had two catches for negative four yards. Still getting the ball there. Um, definitely the defense will be a little lighter going against New England. I guess we can look forward to this matchup now. Uh, we'll start out with your game, though. The Green Bay Packers going to Atlanta. Atlanta is favored by four and a half points. The over-under is 61, which I think is a little low. I don't think any of these defenses can stop each other. I think this game's going to possibly be like a 38-31 to 31 final score. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a stat the other day. Um, when these two teams met in the regular season, uh, Atlanta won that game, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers rushed for his career-high 60 yards. I don't know if that speaks towards um, Green Bay not having a running back right now or he just got lucky or something or a poor defense from Atlanta. But I don't know. I think this is going to be a high-scoring matchup. And how Atlanta beats this team is offense, offense, offense. you got to pound it on them. And, and if you outlast Green Bay, and I think that you can because Green Bay is very one-dimensional. I mean, they are very strong in that one dimension, but... If you can outlast, if you can just tire them out and um, and score more points than them, I mean, it, it's just, it seems as simple as that, you know. I mean, it's just a battle of the offenses. And since Atlanta has a possible MVP candidate, well, he is an MVP candidate, possible MVP champion in Matt Ryan slinging the ball to Julio Jones, and then you've got Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman running the ball. That's like the best offense in all of football, I would say right now. So, I, I don't know. That's the only way they can get it done. Both teams are very hot going into this game. Atlanta's no joke, no slots. A lot of people have not seen them at home. Uh, a lot of people talking about, talking about that this weekend with me. They're saying, I don't know how good Atlanta is going into this game. I said, they got the two seed for a reason. They got the bye. Uh, they were 11-5 and five in regular season. They have the most deadly offense I've seen in a long time. Matt Ryan finally trying to show himself why he's a great quarterback. In my opinion, deserves the MVP was number one pretty much the whole year in fantasy football as a quarterback. Um, Julio Jones actually lighting it up for him. And as you said, there's lightning and thunder punch with Coleman and uh, who's your other running back? Uh, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Freeman. excuse me. Yeah, back to back and forth there. Not household names, but they're definitely great running they backs. They will be household they names. They should be household names. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though. I mean, obviously, you're a small market compared to Green Bay and Dallas because they get on every single week. But uh, this weekend will be all, all light shining down there on the Georgia Dome. Uh, tickets right now going for sale for 366 bucks. You know anyone going back home? Uh, not that I know. No. Okay, because that ticket should be should work, be worth a lot of money just because that's also the last game there. Now going up to Foxborough in Massachusetts, uh, we got the Steelers 11 and five against the Patriots 12 and or excuse me 14 and two. Uh, those regular season numbers. The Patriots are favored by six points. Who do you have in this game and why, Jackson? Um, well. I've got the Patriots in this game. I mean, it, ha it has to do with that they're at home. But also, Tom Brady's not going to lose this game. Tom Brady is the best quarterback in football right now, possibly the best of all time. 
They've got a stellar defense, and where they're best on their defense is is um, is that rush defense. And so you're going to keep Le'Veon Bell in check. He's not going to be running in between the tackles. I can guarantee you that they're going to have to get him out on a lot of swing passes, maybe some toss, some uh, tosses. Um, but he, they're going to he's going to have to beat them with speed because they're not going to be able to run up the middle like they'd like to a lot with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what happens this game. I think that. Uh... The Patriots will also win. I think that Tom Brady wants to have a chance to get that Lombardi trophy from Roger Goodell after the four-game suspension to start the year off. I think that would be uh, very comical. As you see, Roger Goodell is going to stay in Atlanta back-to-back -back weekends and watch the games uh, there. He does not want to take over and, uh, and get that boo, I guess, hatred he gets from everybody, especially up there. Um, looking towards this Sunday, though, it's going to be 40 degrees and overcast. I still think Tom Brady's going to light it up. The defense uh, for the Patriots, again, should step up. Big Ben, though, and Antonio Brown, they should be able to get a hold of each other, get over 100 yards. I do think so. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under in this game is only 51. I can see the final score being around 31-26, maybe. Uh, still in favor for the Patriots. Uh, I think we're going to have the two hottest quarterbacks this year going head-to-head -head for the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be Matt Ryan and the Falcons against, against going Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, in Houston in two weeks, and I think it's going to be a, a barn burn show down there. I can't wait for that. I sure do hope the Falcons pull this one out. Um, I don't know. They definitely could. I don't know if I would have them as my favorites. It's it's tough for me to say because there's so whole, much bias. I, you, yeah. you, I mean, you're allowed to have bias. Though. This is the first time the Falcons have been this deep in the playoffs in a long, long time, if not ever. Um, I, I know your friends back home are probably all talking about that on Facebook. Uh, a lot of my friends are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I'm wearing the the yellow for them right now is a huge <laughs> win for them. I did not think they are going to beat the Chiefs, uh, but they got it done, and now they're in Foxborough. It's going to be an interesting game. Any last words before we end this podcast in the Facebook Live video? Uh, that's all, all I got. Excuse me. All right, well, again, this is Jackson Schroeder. I am Bobby Levine. I want to give a huge shout-out to the Blue Jackets tonight, getting, picking up a 4-1 victory against the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. Um, huge win for them moving forward. Um, so, yeah, carry the flag if you're a Jackets fan. They're, they're playing hot. Hopefully we can have a hockey guy come on and, Join this podcast later this semester. Again, I'm Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder, and this is the J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. Thank you guys for watching. I don't know how many people are live here, but thank you very much. Again, we'll be here next week.